This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello and welcome to Self Work. I'm delighted you're here. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist and I've been living and working in Fayetteville, Arkansas for almost 30 years. I started Self Work now more than five years ago. I can't believe I'm in my sixth year. In order to extend the walls of my practice to those of you who might really already be interested in therapy or emotional, psychological issues, to those of you who've just been diagnosed or you're having a relationship problem that you just can't seem to wrap around and you're looking for answers, but also to a third group, to those of you who have tended to believe what other people say about therapy, it's for people who are weak or it's not anything that's really helpful, you're just paying me to be your friend. So I want to try to debunk a little bit of that for you. Self-work isn't therapy, but at least here at Self-Work, you can listen to what a therapist thinks like and talks like. So welcome to all of you. What is a mental health day and why should you take one and how to answer the question? Well, what good will that do anyway? I just have to go back tomorrow and I need the money. (laughs) I'm going to give you some ideas of how to really use a mental health day to your advantage and the problems inherent in many workplaces in admitting or revealing that's what you're doing. I hate that, but I'm certainly not naive and know that exists. Of course, here at Self Work, we're doing our best to challenge that thinking and are so grateful when you share the podcast with others or leave a review. Even such a simple statement as last week's review makes me want to make this show better and better. The review was, thank you, Dr. Margaret. Listening to a few of your episodes motivates me about life and feelings. Keep up the great work. That's it. Thank you for those kind words, and I'm grateful to all of you. Our listener email is from a young woman who grew up in a chaotic home where she had to become an adult far too soon. Now, as she begins to address the pain of that, she's feeling as if the changes she's trying to make are going unnoticed by those around her. I've had many people tell me the same thing. I feel like so much is going on inside me, but no one says anything to me. It's like I'm changing inwardly, but I'm frustrated it's not showing externally. She wants more support, and so hopefully we'll give it to her. I do owe her an apology. I had written to her in an email saying that her email was going to be read this past week, and I'd gotten my weeks confused. So my apologies to her. So today's episode, sponsored by BetterHelp, we'll talk about the ins and outs of mental health days. How do you know when you need one, and how do you create a day that meets whatever needs you have on that particular day? Call it a sick day, I don't care what you call it, but I think they're incredibly important, and I'll offer five ideas about what you can do about it. To say that therapists are people too is kind of silly, but just like you don't particularly want to think that your dentist is mad when he got to the office because he had a huge fight at home, or that your orthopedic surgeon found out yesterday that her mom has cancer and she's replacing your hip today. You want and really need to believe that everyone is bringing their A-game when it comes to your care. Mental health professionals are the same. Perhaps we're not literally going to pull a tooth or do surgery on your shoulder, but we listen and respond to several different facets of your life, your past, your present, and your future, and use our experience as therapists to help you unravel whatever struggles you might be having. But 
our lives can affect us as well. I vividly remember one morning when I was still back in Dallas. So this was in the early 90s. I walked into my office to see a day full of clients, or so I thought. I was undergoing infertility treatment and was full of hormones and medications trying to help me get pregnant. And those meds were potent. I was trying also very hard to build a practice, even while feeling as if my mind had slowed down and 10 pounds had quickly appeared. The secretary told me when I walked in that two of my clients had canceled. This was so long ago that the office had a few plastic ashtrays sitting around, and I suddenly lost it. I mean, I lost it. I picked up an ashtray and threw it across the room. The secretary's mouth flew open, my mouth flew open, and all I could say was, oh, I'm so sorry, please go on and reschedule everyone else today. And I left, knowing obviously I needed a mental health day and probably a good cry. Hopefully I've grown much better at knowing when I need a break myself. One of the things my son used to say when he was still living at home which was actually perhaps the only thing he particularly liked about having a mom that was a therapist, he hid my pager once when he was around four or five, was that I allowed him to take one mental health day a semester. One day when he was simply tired of doing the junior high thing, no one wants to do that, or he'd had a difficult academic week the previous week. Now I'm not talking missing tests or things like that, but when he admitted to himself and then to me that he needed a true break, I was all on board for that. Sometimes, I'd take the day off as well, or part of it, but especially when he got older, he really needed time to download by himself. Then I'd fix one of his favorite meals, and that was my contribution. So what's your immediate reaction to the term mental health day? Do you think that's just therapy mumbo-jumbo for being lazy or finding an excuse to get out of something? Perhaps some would use it as an excuse, but many of you would not. In fact, probably most of you wouldn't. When I was doing research for this episode, I loved a subtitle I found to a New York Times article. Here's how to protect your mental health in a culture that values work over well-being. I wish that weren't true, that people didn't value work over well-being, but I know it is, or it certainly can be. And I know in my own research on perfectionism in the workplace, it's not only true, but that environment can be highly resistant to change. This same New York Times article states... About three-quarters of people in the United States who work for private industry, state, or local government have paid sick leave. But surveys suggest that a number of these employees are unlikely to use sick days for mental health reasons or are scared of being punished for doing so. If you're among the hesitant, experts say it's time to start thinking about how to protect and prioritize your mental well-being, especially as millions of employees who worked remotely during the pandemic start returning to the office. It's also true that during the pandemic, which we are still in as we try to predict what's going to happen next, but it's true that the reports of depression and anxiety have skyrocketed. Depression reports tripled in a study in the U.S., and the World Health Organization states the worldwide numbers to be similar. I realize that many people are struggling financially, that an awareness of the importance of need for mental health care varies widely amid different cultures or family structure. I also know that minorities have been much more affected than other groups by this pandemic and in mental health. This next New York Times article reminds us of what we've learned or how you might have changed during the pandemic. 
And so I quote, The pandemic has pushed many of us to re-examine our priorities and become more attuned to our needs. So the idea of taking a mental health day away from work or school has begun, for some, to seem essential rather than daring. But what is the ideal way to fill those hours so that you walk away feeling refreshed and recharged? Now, remember, I'm not talking today about seeking mental health treatment in that day. I'm only talking about self-awareness. And when that self-awareness steps up to remind you that you need some relief from the burden of stress that you're carrying, if only for half a day or day, just some time to download. Before we go further, and I offer you five ideas about how to get the most out of a mental health day, let's hear from BetterHelp and a wonderful offer they have for you. BetterHelp has been a sponsor of Self Work for at least a year or more, and I'm so glad to have them on board. BetterHelp isn't a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It's actual professional therapy online. And as I've done much more virtual work during the pandemic, I've seen firsthand how effective and convenient virtual work is. When you contact BetterHelp, you'll get a response from a licensed therapist in as little as 48 hours, and they'll make sure you feel your therapist is a wonderful match for you. I, of course, tried this, and I was impressed with the therapist they presented to me, as well as what the therapists themselves offered. And BetterHelp and I want 2022 to be your most mentally healthy year ever. So just visit BetterHelp.com slash self-work, and you'll get a special offer to get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash self-work. Hope you'll give it a try especially getting 2022 off to a great start. I totally realize that there are plenty of jobs where taking a mental health day isn't likely or even possible. But raising awareness of the need for you and your brain and your heart and your soul to be refreshed isn't mumbo-jumbo at all. Studies show that a break increases your productivity, triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, which will relax you, actually physically, medically, and makes you more creative and helps your memory. That phrase, sleep on it, holds a lot of wisdom. And yet, people fear being punished or probably more accurately being seen as not holding up their end of the bargain at work or being weaker than everyone else, not able to push through. And yet, I've just experienced personally how effective these short breaks can be. I took a staycation a couple of weeks ago. I only saw a couple of patients who needed to be seen. The rest of the week, I ran errands. Now, running errands may seem like a chore to many of you, but many of those errands have been on my to-do list for months, either undone due to COVID or simply other things taking priority. It was heaven for me to call the plumber about the toilet that's not been working for weeks. But by Thursday afternoon, I felt a little loopy. I wasn't sleepy, but my body felt kind of loose and weird, and I couldn't figure out why until I realized that I had four days away from my schedule. I was really relaxed, and it was a wonderful gift. Now, I took a week. Many of us can only take a mental health day. But remember, mental health is your health. Those two things, from my perspective, can't be considered as two separate things. Think about it from the perspective of physical pain. When you're hurting, it's hard to concentrate, right? 
You get fatigued more easily, irritated more rapidly. In fact, recent research has shown that your brain can't differentiate as much as you might think between physical and emotional pain. In fact, Forbes says, although the brain does not process emotional and physical pain identically, research on neural pathways suggests there is substantial overlap between the experience of physical and social pain. The cascading events that occur and regions activated in our brain and therefore our reactions to the acute pain appear to be similar. So, your brain can't tell much of a difference between when your shoulder hurts because you've put off a rotator cuff surgery or when you feel rejected by a friend who's ghosted you or when you find out a loved one is ill or when the everyday burdens of your job stress you to the max. It's not the same, but your brain experiences it as similar. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks. Let's really talk about what this mental health day is supposed to be like. What are you supposed to do or feel on this day? Here are five things that I think is important. First, I'm a huge believer in getting out of whatever rut you're in for a bit of that day. Taking a mental health day can unplug you just enough to where you take time to not solve problems, but you download them for a bit. You know they're going to be there when you get back to them. They're not going to go away in a day. But you can choose to put them aside for one day. Do something you've always wanted to do and never done. Simple things like try a kumquat or go down a street you've never walked down. Insert some curiosity and fresh learning into your day. Go over to the bookstore and pick up a magazine that you've never read. I wonder if many people who never take sick days or time off work really struggle to want to get out of that rut because they don't know how. It's less scary to stay in the rut than to try and get out of it. That very plotting, that very doing the same thing every day can be a way of hiding. What are you going to find out when you truly get out of your rut? Number two. A mental health day shouldn't be a day when you get out your list that you've been adding to and adding to and then rushing around trying to get all of those things done. Now, I enjoyed doing my list last week, but remember, I took a week and I took it bit by bit. Sure, maybe pick up one thing that would be the most relieving to do and do that. But this day is about giving your brain and your mind and your body a break. Number three. Almost every list I saw of what you should do on your mental health day had to do with exercise, mindfulness, or nature. Something that slows you down, keeps you in the present instead of examining the past or worrying about the future. Now, there might be some of you who say, well, that's not a mental health day for me to take a walk or to try to get some exercise or to try my hand at meditating. But again, sometimes it can be that fresh thing. You don't have to take a hard walk. Sometimes you can just go around your block and notice things that maybe you've never even seen before. Number four may sound contradictory, but let's try it on for size. Maybe for you, a mental health day would be about a task, a task that's doable in a day, but a task that you give your soul focus to. My closet is always a wreck, or my part of the closet my husband and I share is a wreck. And I might use a mental health day to really do a complete clean. But then I treat myself to Mexican food or some kind of reward. The next day I might be tired, but a clean closet awaits. I've packed up things to give to others and I can find my shoes. So it's not that mental health days have to be taskless. 
You just don't want them to be your usual rut or your laundry list of to-dos. The trick here is that I put my sole focus on doing that one thing, and then I rewarded myself when I got done. And here's number five, and it's just some common sense thrown in here. I was blown away by what I read in this article, and I quote, If you've ever felt stressed or burned out at work in the United States, it could be because you're not taking enough time off. This is what blew me away. Multiple studies have identified that roughly half of working men and women across the country don't take all or even half of their vacation time to disconnect and get away. And the same could be true of sick leave. And roughly one in 10 full-time working Americans don't get any sick days at all. And more than one in four get between just one and five days of approved time off for health. Now, I know many of you do not listen here in the United States. Most of you do. And I think other countries are far better at this than we are. One more statistic, less than 18% are permitted between 11 and 15 days off from work should they get sick. So that goes back to work being more valued than well-being. Also, financial considerations are important. What kind of industry you work in makes a difference. You know, I'm sort of reminded when I hear arguments about, well, I can't take off work because it's so expensive. People will say to me, you know, couples work is hard and it's expensive because usually it's not covered by insurance. In fact, it's rare that it's covered by insurance. And I agree with them to a certain point, but then I remind them of how hard and expensive divorces can be. And suddenly, perspective changes. I would love it if you'd use that same reasoning in considering taking a mental health day. The point is to take a day when you know you've reached your limit and you need a day out of your rut to get out in nature or do something Maybe one task that you really want to solely focus on, but not one where you run around doing errands, and then you reward yourself. Try it out for size. Breathe, and then download. Our listener email today is from a young woman who says she's been depressed and needs extra emotional support. Here I quote, My parents divorced when I was about 10. Dad was the nurturer playing mom, but the state leaned toward mothers and my dad didn't fight. So we stayed with mom and visited dad every Tuesday and every other weekend. My mom didn't step up. I was quickly parentified and I took on most of the responsibilities that my dad used to take care of. Not because I was asked, but because I wanted to be helpful and I knew it wouldn't get done if it was up to my mom to keep our routine. She was an alcoholic, cold, selfish, explosive, neglectful of my vulnerable little kid heart. I've recently realized that she may have borderline personality disorder. But because of this, I dealt with every emotion, thought, and worry alone in my head, a lot of which felt too big for me to handle without the support of mentally or emotionally stable adult. I've always had this innate sense of responsibility and achievement, and I get myself work from how well I take care of the people around me. Like most perfectionists, I picked up disordered eating along the way and have been actively struggling with that mindset for the last five years. I bought your book the day I found your podcast without hesitation, which is hard for me, and I've been listening to your podcast ever since and have found really helpful information. 
but I have found it hard to work through the book because I'm seeking external validation along the way. I want someone to witness my progress and my struggles and value the steps I'm taking and tell me I'm doing a good job and also tell me where I'm going wrong. My fiancé does really well at being open to the conversation, but sometimes he doesn't know the words to say, and I know that he's not supposed to be every person I need in my life. I have a lot of people in my life that tell me I'm doing well, but I don't feel like they know what they're encouraging me on, because I haven't had the chance to express to them what I'm doing well, and what my struggles are, and what type of validation I need. Needless to say, I have reached out to a therapist in hopes of finding someone to witness my journey, but I'm hesitant to think I'll find someone who truly appreciates and wants to explore the depths of my mind with me. Now, some of you might think that I picked this comment or question because it had to do with perfectly hidden depression, and if you've listened for a while, you know that this topic is a passion of mine. No, I picked it because of the poignancy with which she writes, I want someone to witness my progress and my struggles and value the steps I'm taking. And then her last statement about a potential therapist, I'm hesitant to think I'll find someone who truly appreciates and wants to explore the depths of my mind with me. This made me very sad for the young child that speaks through these feelings. She wasn't seen as a child. She wasn't parented. And she's yearning for someone to run beside her like you do a child learning how to ride a bike. And you hold on until they're ready to head out on their own. And if they fall, you run up to them and help them understand what went wrong. You care about their every move in emotion. And then you bolster them up one more time to get back on. Even though she yearns for this, she doesn't quite believe that that someone could exist. That's loneliness and hopelessness talking. And she shifts back into talking about exploring her mind, which was interesting, not her heart. Many people in therapy have told me that they feel like they're making huge changes in the way they think of their lives, both past and present, and feel lots of changes going on. And it hurts a little that others don't seem to notice. I remind them that we're set to see each other as the same. Have you ever changed your hair or lost weight and no one noticed? That's because it takes a critical amount of change for our own brains to register that change. But this young woman's story is a little different. She needs to heal that part of her that was so very lonely. Her fiancé is trying and seems like he does a good job. But she has to do her own healing, and I hope that her work with her new therapist will do just that, because often it is the relationship that can heal, because you feel within that therapeutic relationship what you never felt before. That can bring on a myriad of emotions, but it certainly also can be helpful. Thank you all so much for listening to Self Work. We had the highest number of downloads we've ever had last month. And so I've got to thank you. And I'm so grateful to you because you're obviously telling people about listening to self-work. And that's how the message is getting out. I know it is. And I could not be more appreciative. Thanks also to those of you that are leaving ratings and reviews, either about my book, Perfectly Hidden Depression, or wherever you listen to self-work, especially on Apple Podcasts, because it's such a huge distributor. I also want to note that if you in the month of March have been trying to get through to Athletic Greens to order something from them that I've talked about here on Self Work, that link has not been working in the month of March, which someone finally pointed out to me, and they're trying to attend to it. It's some sort of software issue on their part. I'll let you know when the link works again. 
You can email me at AskDrMargaret at DrMargaretRutherford.com. You can leave a voicemail for me on the SpeakPipe app, which you can find on my website at DrMargaretRutherford.com or here in the show notes. And by the way, if you subscribe to my website, you'll also receive a free gift, which is a little ebook I wrote several years ago about how you know you're getting good therapy and you'll get a weekly newsletter with my podcast and my blog post. So it's a great and very easy way to keep in touch. Feel free to also join my Facebook closed group at facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. We're an international group. We support one another and it can be very helpful. Thank you again for being here and being a part of self-work. Please take very good care. We had a bad tornado come through northwest Arkansas this past week. It is phenomenal that no one was killed, although there were a couple of people critically injured. Please take care of you and those you love and those in your community. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work.